you are not Pentecostal, you are not Orthodox, teach us your ways, Holy Ghost, you are not Pentecostal, you are not Orthodox, teach us your ways. Oh, Holy Ghost, you are not Pentecostal, you are not Orthodox, teach us your ways. God richly bless you, God richly bless you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. I hope that it brings light and it brings peace and it brings comfort to your family. This is the day that God has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. So today we are going to look at the whole chapter of Genesis chapter number one as we are going to uh, scrutinize and analyze the hierarchy of creation. May we pray. Father, we thank you for your word that is a life that is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit. Father, I thank you today for those we have given themselves to listen to the word of God. I pray for special anointing upon their hearts so that the word of God may be imprinted and embedded in their hearts so strong. I pray that the footprint of heaven may walk amongst us and amidst us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, anoint my lips of clay and bind every wavering thought. In the mighty name of Jesus, throw your weight around in this atmosphere and may your glory fill this place. I give you thanks. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for knowledge. I thank you for revelation knowledge. In Jesus' name, I thank you for your blessing, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. The hierarchy of creation. So you need to understand that Genesis chapter number one gives a succinct overview of the narrative of creation. And we understand that the book of Genesis was written by Moses. Somebody may ask, but Moses was born later. You need to understand that people were inspired. Prophecy did not come by the will of men, but it came as holy men were led by the Holy Ghost. So we understand that the author of the Bible is not Moses, or the author of the Bible is not Paul. The author of the Bible is God himself. Uh, Moses was just a writer. Um, Paul was just a writer. So you need to understand that the very thoughts that we are hearing these are not men's thoughts. These are God's thoughts, okay? So we are going to go quickly into Genesis chapter number one. And I like so much Genesis chapter number one because it gives us knowledge on how to build or create something in our life. If you want to build your career, if you want to build your marriage, if you want to build your personal life, if you want to build things around you, maybe it's a corporation, maybe anything that you want to establish. Genesis gives us that knowledge and gives us that wisdom because when we look at Papa God, what he did in creating, therefore we implement such skills in our own world and in our own understanding. So you need to understand that Genesis chapter number one is a rich text. I've actually done a series called Building a Genesis for two years, uh, teaching people how to build from nothing how to start or restart life from nothing when there is nothing and you are nowhere. I've taught people how to build using the Genesis account. But today, as I said, we are looking at the hierarchy, the hierarchy of creation, looking at the seven days of creation. So day one, as we are going to start now, day one, you need to understand that day one recorded 
in scripture. We don't know whether it starts from verse 1 to verse 5 because we understand that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. So we don't know that in this beginning that we see in this Genesis, is it the first day? Is it the first day? Did God speak light the same day that he created the heavens and the earth? But I would like to start from verse 3 to verse 5 where God said, let there be light. Because you understand that the um, Genesis chapter number 1, the Bible says, and God created the heavens and the earth. But we don't know whether he used the hands to create or whether he used um, uh, some kind of material, dust material, or he just used words. But day one, I'm just going to give you a succinct overview of day one. Day one is the dimension of light. The dimension of light where God created light it is very important that you understand that the light that God is creating here is not our own cosmic lights this is not the sun this is not the moon these are not the stars the light God spoke into existence is the greater light this is the light that shines throughout all universes this is not the light that we are governing by our chronos time saying uh, it is daytime. This is not the time that the Bible is talking about. So Genesis chapter number 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So day one, God created the general light. This is the dimension of the general light. So you need to understand that that was the first day of creation. The first day of creation is not 24-7. The first day of creation is not necessarily our human earthly days. These are not earthly days. We don't know the numbering of these days. Maybe, probably, perhaps these days are counted in terms of achievement. When God achieved something, therefore God counted it a day. That can be probable. Or also, there was a certain time frame, maybe God was doing these things. But what we know is that these days are not the 24-7 days. I'm going to prove it to you as we move to the fourth day. So you understand that the first day God created the general light, which is, which is the dimension of the general light. So light placates vision. Light placates vision. Whatever you are doing in life, whatever you're doing in life, you need first and foremost before you embark on a journey you need to establish vision. You need to establish vision. The ability to see the future. The ability to envision, whether mentally, whether emotionally, but the ability to see where you want uh, the trajectory of your life to go. Okay. So on the second day, we see God creating the dimension of the universe or the universe dimension. Now, that is from verse 6 to verse 8, and this is day 2. So, on day 2, God speaks the universe, the universe which shall become the housing unit. He's putting the skeleton. He's putting um, the model that shall house. When you see skyscrapers being built, when you look at the Beij Caliph in um, Dubai, you understand that there was a skeleton 
that they constructed before they could put layers or sheets of metal and layers of thick glass. So you need to understand that there is inside it a skeleton or a model or a structure where God was just going to fit things in. So day number one, if you establish a vision, number two, you need now to model the vision by creating points, points where you end, points where you start, by putting measurements. This is engineering language. Day two is a day of engineering. You need your angles to be so accurate. You need to build right. You need to build right. Because if the frame is wrong, then it means the planets are going to be in wrong places. It means that the Earth's orbit, the Earth spinning, and the, the, the way that the moon moves and the way that the sun moves is going to be contrary if the universe is not rightly calculated. So the second day is a day of calculation and God made a model. God constructed a model of the universe whereby he was going to bring everything else. He created a skeleton. He's created, he created a metal sheet. And in that regard, we see God separating water and the firmament from this firmament and putting things in place in preparation for the next day. Okay, now we move on to the third day. We move on to the third day. And the third day, that is from verse 9 to verse 13. This is the dimension of the earth or the dimension of the ground. So we see now that God created, or in the second day, God created what we call the dimension of the universe, which is the skeleton. But now God comes now to create the physical, molecular, tangible earth. And God puts the earth in place. So we are seeing now how God is creating that. When it comes now to his creation process, on day three, God narrowed down his process. Because remember, this is a narrative of creation. God narrowed down his process and left the bigger universe with all other universes therein. Uh, we don't know where Jupiter, where Pluto, where other planets were created. But we see here God creating, creating something upon the face of the earth. Maybe Jupiter was already there. Maybe Saturn was already there. Not Saturn as in the devil, but as in the planet. So you need to understand that on the third day now, God is coming in and he has narrowed down his effort on the planet Earth, which was once formless, which was once void, which, which was once a chaotic. And God is coming now and we see him separating waters so that the dry land may appear. We see God now uh, speaking to the earth for grass to come out. We see God now speaking seeds into that very grass. So we see God creating trees. We see God creating uh, herbs. We see God creating seeds so that the trees become generational. When the first generation of tree dies, the second generation picks it up. Okay. So in the third day, God has narrowed his effort now. He's narrowed his effort. He's back now on, on, on planet Earth. He's, he, we are not seeing the focus of heaven here. We are seeing the focus on Earth. All right. And he has narrowed down his things. So you need to understand that if you are in the process of creation, if you are moving your life forward, it is very important that you start with that which is important. You start by 
putting your effort on things that will enable the creative process in the next day to be very possible. Okay, so that you don't distort or you don't uh, destroy again and rebuild again. All right. So the third day is the dimension of the earth. The dimension of the earth. All right. Now we are going to move into the fourth day, which is the dimension of earth lights. The dimension of earth lights. So you need to see now that from verse 15 to verse 19, God created great lights, the greater light which is the sun, the lesser light the moon, and the congealed lights which is just the stars. So we see God now introducing time to the earth dimension. That is why when I started this presentation, I said that Genesis chapter number 1 to chapter number 5 does not talk about 24-7 chronos time. It is talking about the God time in his own creation. So the days of creation actually also introduced the days of earth realm, actually introduced the days of the earth to function within 24-7 calendar dates. So we see the introduction of time there. We see the introduction of the function of the earth. So this is the dimension of the earth. But now we move from verse 20 to 25. This is now the fifth day. This is called the dimension of the animal kingdom. The dimension of the animal kingdom. So I'm going to reiterate again. Number one, it was the dimension of the general light. Number two, it was the dimension of the universe. And number three, it was the dimension of the earth. Number four, it was the dimension of earth lights. And number five now, it is the animal kingdom, the dimension of the animal kingdom. This is the day God created animals. Animals such as those that creep and crawl on the ground. Animals that stay in the water and animals that are amphibious. He created frogs. He created also animals that fly. He created also animals that walk with four legs. Some on two legs like kangaroos and stuff. So we see God now bringing the animal kingdom. Okay, I will come back to animal kingdom when we move to the sixth day. Now on the sixth day, on the sixth day, which is from verse 26 to verse 31. God created the dimension of mankind. The dimension of mankind. Glory to God. This is so great. This is so beautiful. God created the dimension of man. So you need to understand with regards to interpreting hierarchy. With regards to interpreting hierarchy. You need to understand that the animal kingdom is not greater than the human kingdom. The animal kingdom is not greater. The animal kingdom does not supersede in authority and in glory. It does not supersede the human kingdom. You need to understand that animals are of a lesser glory in comparison to humanity, in comparison to human beings. You need to understand that on the sixth day, interpreting creation in terms of hierarchy, God created men later. And why did he create men? When we look at the narrative of the human uh, kingdom, we see that God came and gave authority to men. God came and gave authority. He didn't give authority to animals to rule over men. God gave men authority to rule over the animal kingdom. In this he said to Adam, 
Thou shalt multiply, thou shalt have dominion, thou shalt rule, thou shalt subdue, thou shalt replenish the earth. Some call it the fivefold dominion mandate. So we see men entrusted with authority, power as authority, authority to operate, authority to rule and to govern, authority to manage and not to mismanage. So we see that Adam is of a greater glory because he is now a steward and a custodian of everything that God has created in the earth realm. Adam is entrusted with the things God has created on this dimension, but not in the heavenly dimension. On the earth dimension, God has given it to the sons of men. So while we are here on the human kingdom, I want you to understand in comparison to the animal kingdom that animals cannot be loved more than human beings. There is an error in this generation that you see that a person will deny even marriage to marry an animal. A person will deny marriage to find a board with an animal. A person will even be racist to a black person, put him in the back of a truck, but carry a dog on the front seat. So we are seeing this very distorting or distorted or very disturbing notions of how people value the animal kingdom. People try to exalt animals to the level of human beings, but a dog will always be a dog. No matter how you tame a lion, it is of a lesser glory. That is why it is always your servant when you call it, it respond. Okay, so you need to understand that you cannot love that animal that you have in your house more than your brother next door. You cannot... Um, give so much love to a point that when it dies you grieve for four years but your brother dies you grieve for a month you cannot exert so much love on the animal kingdom beyond the love that you should give to your fellow human beings love should be exerted to God and respect to fellow human beings you can't respect your cut more than your human beings you can't allow people to sit on your couches because your cat sleeps there. No, you, 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 you are a person who doesn't allow people to, to, to sit on your couch because your dog sit there. No, you buy more expensive tins of food for cats and dogs. You buy expensive rags, but right outside your gate, there is a beggar begging for five rand and you can't even turn. Your heart can't even turn. Your emotions can't even turn. Your passion can't even turn. So people have tried now people are trying now to reverse the process of creation and recreate themselves in the same dimension with the animal kingdom we are not of a lesser glory animals are lesser that is why bestiality is a sin that is why when men begin to enter into love erotic love affairs with animals they sin they project demonic tendencies. That is why it is a sin because a human being is of a greater glory. God has created everything in its own sufficiency. Every kingdom with its own sufficiency. He didn't come back and refix. God created lights and these lights communicate and they are in harmony. And in their own glory, in their own fourth day, they function supreme. They don't even conflict one another. When the sun is shining on one side of the earth, the other side, the sun's rays reaches the moon and the moon reflects to the earth and the, the moon will be seen in the dark places and the stars are even shining there is no conflict 
between these. So you need to understand that in every glory of creation, in every day of creation, God embedded in that category, God entrusted sufficiency, sufficiency. So when we come to the human kingdom, God created suitable helper for Adam, suitable helper. There are many other helpers. Your animal can help you. Your fellow colleague can help you. But there is a specific suitable, suitable, suitable. The word suitable, which means it is fitting. It is right. It is choice. Although you may try and have other tendencies, but this is the one recommended by the text. So this is day six of creation. This is day six. Now we need to come to day seven. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. That is in chapter two now. Chapter two from verse one to verse three. And the Bible says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he has made. And oh my God, Shampra Adela Brosunta. So we are seeing that the seventh day is the dimension of God or the God dimension. So bringing now the lens of hierarchy of creation. God created in terms of authority and power, in terms of governance, in terms of dominion. You need to understand that men are not equal to God. You need to understand that human beings are not equal to God. He is the creator and we are the creation. You need to understand that the seventh day was only for God. He couldn't, he couldn't at last create any other thing and allow it to rule everything else because God does not want anything else to have rule over man. God does not want sin to rule over man. God does not want Satan to rule over man. God does not want even angels to rule over man. He has sent angels to us as ministering spirits. But God wants men to understand that he is Aloshamba. He is supreme. He is the ultimate. He is the omega. He is the beginning. In the beginning, God created. And on the seventh day, God rested. In the beginning, God created. And on the seventh day, God rested. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So you need to understand that the seventh day, we ascribe greatness to God. Not to our friends, not to our BFF, not to anybody else, but to God. You need to understand that on the seventh day, it is God's. It is God's. So you need to understand that there is a higher power above us. There is a higher grace above us. There is a higher authority above us. There is a higher name above us. There is a higher throne above the human throne. There is a greater throne above the human throne. That is why you can't be afraid of sickness. That is why you can't be afraid of things happening on the earth ground. That is why you can't be afraid of witchcraft. That is why you can't be afraid of a Sangoma because these are earthly kingdoms. These are earthly gods. These are human gods. These are earthly powers. You need to understand that when God created men, he didn't create anything else to have dominion over men, to have power over men, to rule over men. But God on the seventh day dedicated it to himself to give us an understanding that above us there is a deity above us there is a power a power that we need to give our worship that our power that we need to give praise a power that we need to ascribe greatness to a power that we surrender to so you need to understand that when you are in the 
human kingdom and you encounter something, there is a higher power. You need to understand that when you engage in conflict, when you engage in pain and depression, when you engage in suicidal thoughts, you need to understand that is not the end of the story. You need to understand there is a higher power, there is a higher grace, there is a higher anointing, there is a higher authority to lift you from the doldrums, to lift you from the mud and sit you with kings and priests and dust you off ashes. You need to understand, brethren, that we have a greater authority that is above us. And the Bible even talks about Jesus because Jesus had come on the sixth day, which is the human day, which is the human dimension. And the Bible says that and now God gave him a name that is above every other name to be named in heaven and on earth. That is the mention of Jesus. Every knee should bow on earth and every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. I came to tell somebody right now, I came to tell somebody right here that there is a greater power, that there is a greater God, that there is a greater authority, that there is a greater name that salvation is there somebody when you fail life on the earth dimension you haven't failed it on a heavenly dimension when you fail life on this human level you haven't failed it at a God level failure is only at the sixth day move yonder to a place of God and in the place of God 23 of Psalm says the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters because it is a sound of rest. Your rod and your staff it comforts me. So you need to understand somebody that when you move beyond the sixth day, you enter the God dimension. In the God dimension, incurable diseases are cured. In the God dimension, poverty is obliterated. In the God dimension, pain is removed. In the God dimension, we see life and we see light. In the God dimension, we move ahead and we don't move backwards. In the God dimension, we find rest. The Bible says, come, O ye that are weary and heavily burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, for it is easy, and my burden, for it is light. The Bible says, is any one of you in trouble? Let him pray. Why should he pray? Ezekiel chapter number 37. He says I was amongst the captives and while I was there the hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me out into the spirit and, and I entered the spirit. It became a realm of possibility. I prophesied to bones. Bone after bone came to itself. Bone after bone rejoined. There was life there was the breath of life. So whenever we move to the seventh day, we move to the day of God dimension. We move to a day of God authority. We move to a day of the governance of God. We move to a day of possibility. We move to a day of power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Don't end your life on the sixth day. Don't come on earth and end your life on the sixth day. There is a seventh day, which is a God day, which is a day of rest. 
Rest from your pain. Rest from your confusion. Rest from your weary. Rest from your affliction. Rest from your torment. Your marriage will find rest here. Your relationship will find rest here. Your life will find meaning here. Your life will find rest here. In a mighty name of Jesus. In a mighty name of Jesus. Move yonder. Excel yonder. Go further. Go deeper. In a mighty name of Jesus. Father, I give you praise right now. Ribobo Shanda. Latoboshanda, I want to pray with my brothers who are stuck on the sixth day, who are stuck on the human dimension. Human relationships for them are not working. Friendships are not working. Any other relationship for them has failed, but there is, a other, there is another relationship on the seventh day, and that is God. And that is God. It is there for you. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. You sustain and you uphold all things by the word of your power. In the mighty name of Jesus, our life is in your hands. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your authority. Thank you for a breakthrough. Thank you for breaking chains. I thank you for intervening. I thank you for stepping in. I thank you for the miraculous. I love you, daddy. In Jesus' mighty name, may God bless you. May God keep you. Keep on praying. Keep on meditating upon these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.